The short game is listener-supported on Patreon. If you'd like to support the show and join us on our Discord, head to theshortgame.net or patreon.com slash theshortgame. Welcome back to The Short Game. This is a show about short video games, games that respect your time. I'm Reagan Kelly, and I am joined this week by my very cool co-host. Laura Nash. And this week we are talking about Tangle Tower. Uh, Tangle Tower has been requested numerous times by folks on our Discord. Uh, so thanks to them for suggesting this game. I'm glad I finally got around to playing it. And, uh, well, I don't know. I'm glad that, Laura, you joined me on this one, because mystery and detective stuff, I feel like, is... is, uh, is sort of your area somewhat. I do like a detective mystery game. I've played a lot of uh, games that are in the genre like Professor Layton or the um, I'm completely blanking on the name but there is a weird little like puzzle uh, game on the iPad set in Minnesota that I very much liked by Telltale. I'll think of it after of course and, and feel stupid. Oh, uh, Puzzle Agent? Thank you. I was like, it's called Puzzle Something. Yes, Puzzle Agent. Um, so I, I do like this genre quite a bit. I think that uh, I, my only hesitation on Tangle Tower was uh, no one could agree on how long this game was. It was either between one to eight hours, and that's a big range. Having played it, I now understand why there's such a big swing. Yeah, yeah. And we'll talk a little bit about that. I think, uh, you know, if you're if you're curious, for me, I think it took me about four or maybe I think probably around four hours, maybe five hours at the most. Um, so, you know, definitely within our uh, our expected range for length. Mm-hmm. Um, also, part of the reason that I wanted to give this a try was that it was one of the early sort of high quality looking uh, Apple Arcade games. Uh, so it's not only on Apple Arcade. This game is on Steam as well as the itch.io store. So you can download and play this on uh, on a PC if that is how you prefer to play games. And I I think it's also out on Nintendo Switch. Is it is right? out on Switch. Yes. Mm-hmm. Um, but if you have an Apple device and you want to do the uh, Apple Arcade trial, or if you're already paying for an Apple Arcade subscription, this is one of those games. And so I played it on iPad. Me too. Yeah. And I definitely would recommend that as an option if it's available to you. Um, Tangle Tower is a mystery, a sort of whodunit. Uh, and it's part of a series. I didn't actually even know this until I was a, like a third of the way into the game. But it is the third game starring Professor, or excuse me, um, Detective, Detective Grimoire. Grimoire. Yeah. Have you played either of the games that precedes this? I have not. The art style is actually quite different when I was doing a little bit of research. It, I, You can definitely see that Apple Arcade money showing up in the uh, animation and beautiful art of this game. Not to knock the previous one, but it is a little rawer. They definitely learned quite a lot. Uh, I think between that last game they did and this one, they did snipper clips. Mm-hmm. So I think they've learned a lot about animation and character animation as part of that work, if yeah. I had to guess. Yeah, uh, this is from SFB Games, which apparently is the uh, sort of partially renamed Super Flash Bros Games is what that stands for. So they're a longtime Flash developer. And this series started as a Flash game. So uh, the very first game was, I think, just called Professor Grimoire. Detective Grimoire. (laughs) I keep doing that, darn it. I know, it's that latent influence. Yeah, Detective Grimoire, which was a, a Flash game. And yeah, looking at the art style... I wouldn't recognize that these were the same character at all. Um, not that it's terrible or anything, but it definitely has a sort of a. Um, it's had know. a bit of a glow up. Let's just 
Leave uh, it that. Absolutely. And, and then even Detective Grimoire Secret of the Swamp, which is the game that comes before this one, it comes immediately before this one and is on iOS and also I think on like PC platforms and things like that. Even that one, it looks pretty significantly different, although you can see the sort of seeds of the art style here. But it's really amazing how much they've improved their visual design over the course of these three games. It's just gotten a lot more style to it. Um, there wasn't anything really wrong with it, but this one has a very specific attitude. Every There's a lot more swooshing. There's a lot more very specific character choices, like the woman who has bird clothes. <laughs> um, yes. Yes. Take a short game drink. Anyone playing along, we have mentioned birds. Uh, they will come up frequently in this game, surprisingly. Yeah. Uh, so this one, though, uh, it's a beautiful looking game. Let's uh, maybe mm-hmm. maybe it would be good for us to start by talking about the art style, because, uh, you know, there's certainly there's stuff to talk about with the uh, the mystery solving gameplay and yeah. the adventure gaminess of it. But really, the art is what stands out to me about this. It's got a bit of a blend of a visual novel and point and click, uh, which to me means the art style is a huge part of why you play the game. Um, mm-hmm. We'll talk about plot in in writing, which of course is arguably just as important, but you're going to be staring at the screen quite a lot, scrutinizing the backgrounds, and they make it worth looking at. A lot of the game takes place in dialogue. So obviously there are like moving around map screens, although it doesn't quite have the point and click aspect of like, pointing and clicking to walk a character around, you just sort of decide what room you want to go to. And then suddenly, you know, after a brief animation, you are in that room. Uh, you're not doing a lot of like navigating around within rooms, which actually is is nice. I, I preferred that uh, approach to having to like point and click to have, you know, Guybrush walk from the left side to the right side of the screen or something here. You just you're in the room and every room is a little bit of a hidden object puzzle, although not to the degree that like actual hidden object puzzle games get to you're just sort of looking at a scene tapping on things to see information about them reading descriptions hearing uh, fully voiced uh, dialogue about the rooms and situations you're in and I then of course you're talking to characters and that probably makes up the majority of the game is actual dialogue sequences between detective grimoire and his charming uh, but surly uh, assistant sally and the residents of Tangle Tower. Um, and so that dialogue is what really kind of drives the game. And during that dialogue, you're hearing fantastic voice acting and you're seeing really beautiful, fully animated character portraits taking up most of your screen, which is, I think, the thing that makes this this game work because all of the characters are vibrant, cartoony, but fun and interesting uh, and fully voiced and animated to a degree that like use really, really unusual in games like this. Yeah, I think it makes a huge difference. I mean, I expected to have beautiful kind of watercolory, colorful backgrounds. It's called Tangle Tower. I wanted that place to feel extremely interesting with a lot of stuff going on. And they followed through on that. I was not necessarily expecting. Um, I expected kind of a stock of five animations per character or two or three and We've played dating games. Um, this time, it's a lot more fully moved characters. There's a lot more acting. It's a lot more full body um, work that I was not. Um, I was pleasantly surprised by. I think it adds a ton to, especially if you're someone like me who reads pretty quickly and wants to get voiceover for when 
you think it's going to be a fun thing to hear, but sometimes in this exposition, I just tap through. Those movements made me slow down, take my time with the game a lot more than I normally would. Yeah, I, I want to talk a little bit about the animation, not to go into unnecessary depth, because obviously this podcast is an audio medium and some of this stuff is kind of hard to convey. So I'll have a link in the show notes to a Twitter thread. Um, thanks to, sorry, I think it was Jeremiah who, who posted that to the Discord. And uh, and that was, there's a, a thread by one of the folks that worked on the animation of this game on Twitter, where he posted a bunch of video and photos of their process. And um, I'm really, really impressed with the way that this worked. They took each character, broke them down into a bunch of individual distinct parts. They did very, uh, you know, full animated uh, in uh, expressions for them and uh, found interesting ways to kind of transition them between neutral states in those animations. And they uh, they did things like have the face details separate from the rest of the animation so they could do things like repeat an animation but use different facial expressions with it, that kind of thing. Um, and then on top of all of that, they have a kind of a squiggle filter. Uh, if you have ever watched something like home movies or like the Dr. Katz cartoons, this sort of squiggle vision look, uh, it, it they've applied that to it in a way that gave it a real life to it, even when the characters weren't animating. So the characters just feel really vibrant and uh, and active, even when they're just sort of standing there on screen, not doing much. And I mean, I, I was just so impressed with the animation of this. It, it looks like like a high budget Cartoon Network show or something like that. Um, whereas like, you know, it, it doesn't it doesn't have the feeling of something like a flash game or even something like a visual novel where you've just got, you know, cycling between different character portraits. It feels like these characters are extremely vibrant and alive. The thickness of the line art and the cartoonist reminded me of like, Dexter's laboratory, but the fan art of it where they look really good rather than the flatness of when they actually get animated. <laughs> yeah, okay. Like the publicity drawings, like that's that's what they animate. And and I know it took a lot more work than um just a couple fill colors. They've really added a lot of extra polish and it pays off quite a bit. Yeah. So um let's talk a little bit about the characters then, because of course we've got our two main characters, uh Detective Grimoire. Um, who I would say his kind of vibe is the uh, wants to prove himself, but not especially competent detective, but certainly doing his best and taking it seriously, I guess, but not particularly amazing at being a detective is the vibe I get off of Detective Grimoire. Um, And his assistant, Sally, who is extremely competent, but also has a kind of an air of like, detachment she's kind of uh already over it kind of vibe uh loved their dialogue because they're always together throughout all of this and every time they are discovering anything there's sort of a conversation between them about it and they have an actual like vibe there that i thought was very funny and and um and uh, enjoyable yeah, he's got this kind of goofy slash serious combo, which is pretty rare. And I, I liked that quite a lot. It fits well with Sally, who's got a snark, but you know, also is very intuitive. Mm-hmm. Uh, it makes a nice pairing, especially that they're not on screen as much unless you're actually solving it. You're kind of through that, um, seeing through their eyes, as it were. Uh, but you hear them talking a lot with, with all the people they're suspecting, most importantly, every time you click on something in the background, you hear their voices, you see their dialogue, they're commenting on stuff. So you you have to like them because you're going to hear them say like, it's dusty quite a lot. <laughs> yeah. Um, 
I, their character models are fantastic too. Um, Detective Grimoire has this sort of like look of, I mean, for to me, he's, he's, he's very angular, but he's got this poofy hair. Um, he's got this very silly looking coat and he kind of looks like he's like, Maybe just it's a like little... someone took a detective uh, trench coat and crossed it with a smoking jacket. Yeah, I could see that, and like a Santa Claus belt too. <laughs> right, but with a Santa Claus belt. And he's uh, he's just he looks like a little bit too young to be the detective that he claims to be in a way. Like he, I don't know, he gives me a kind of a like a twenty somethings air, which is maybe wrong. I don't know. He's a cartoon character, but he just kind of has this like um, maybe uh, amateur just trying to make it kind of vibe to his whole thing. And then whereas Sally, uh, you know, I think they're probably similar in age, but she's just got this like incredible character design where her, apparently her hairstyle is very different from what she was in the previous games, but her, her look has completely changed since those games. She's got this green hair that's done in these like, uh, like, Leia buns, with, but they're yeah. not next to her head. They're like, like, it's like she's on an afro, and then next <laughs> to the afro, they added Leia buns, but they're more like pom poms. It's like her. So it's, it's like her poofy. hair has like uh, gradius options on the sides, like little extra pods. Really, I don't know. I, I love her hairstyle. It's adorable. And then she's got the like tiny little jacket that you only ever see in cartoons, where the jacket ends at your midriff, midriff and you know. Hey, I own one of those. <laughs> <laughs> They were very popular in the 90s. Yes, um, yeah. They're, it's it's a great look. She looks awesome. And her her sort of like, it's not quite the right comparison, but a sort of like a Daria-like detachment uh, or like, but also like hyper-competence. Uh, you know, she's, she's like willing to go along with Detective Grimoire, but also she's definitely more competent than he is and is willing to give him shit along the way. It is a great dynamic between the two of them. Very good, fun moments all the way through. Um. And then, of course, there's Tangle Tower itself, which is full of suspects. And uh, we are going to very carefully avoid spoilers here. We're going to have a spoiler section towards the end. Um, But I think it might be easiest if we set up just sort of the very intro of like, what is in the case file? What is the mystery that we're planning on solving? And then we can explain the characters as they relate to it. Sure. And we won't reveal all of the characters. I think some of the fun is meeting these folks. Um, but you're called a Tangle Tower uh, because there has been a murder. Um, but Tangle Tower is also a little weird. So you go in and you see this very elaborate family tree. Which there's got this blending of at least two families. Um, there's the Pointers, there's the Fellows, and then up top there's the Remingtons. You you know there's a lot of you know, blended family stuff going on. But then you go, okay, enough of the family, enough of this weird place What's actually happening in the murder? You go upstairs and it turns out that Freya Fellow seemingly has been murdered while painting a portrait of Flora Fellow. Uh, And here's the weird twist. It seems like the painting is of Flora holding a knife that has actual blood on it. Right. Did the painting kill that her is the big question. Yeah, and, and it's a good uh, mystery setup, right? There's uh, you know a locked room. People came in almost immediately after the murder, so it's not obvious how uh, how the murder weapon would have left the room. Um, and the only blood apart from that on the victim is on the painting, on the on the knife that appears to be being held in the painting. Rather than paint, it's been painted with actual blood. Uh, that's a cool and creepy mystery setup. And and of course, the one person who is in the room at the time doesn't talk. 
Right. Yeah. So um, let's talk about some of those characters. Uh, Freya Fellow, obviously, she's the body. Uh, we do get a lot of backstory about her over the course of the game, and I think she's a great character. Um, she's uh, she's a young artist. She's uh, seems like a really interesting uh, person, and she's also got a very cute character illustration style. Um, she's just this sort of like very friendly, friends to everybody artist. Why would anyone want to kill her? And in such a bizarre way. And she was painting a portrait of um, Flora Fellow. Uh, Flora is an older, I'd say like later middle age um, woman who has a very sort of mysterious, silent air. She never speaks. She has this long flowing hair. Um, Real Wuthering Heights vibes from this woman. Yeah, I could see that for sure. You know, staying up in a tower with her long flowing hair blowing in the breeze, like looking at her birds and looking out the windows and things like that. And um, and then all the other characters are these like super over the top caricatures of being particular of people with very particular interests. So everybody else in the in the building has a kind of a this is what their thing is, which is good because it helps you kind of even if it's a bit cartoonish, it helps you keep them straight. So you've especially got, since all the names are very similar. So like knowing their hobbies and knowing that their 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 bedrooms and the places they hang out are related to those hobbies helps you navigate as well. Yeah, big, so we, big help. Yeah, so we've got like the the uh, girl who is a uh, you know microbiologist and scientist. We've got somebody who's uh, an ornithologist. We've got somebody who's an astronomer. Uh, and so on and so on. A gardener, everybody has their thing that they're into. Uh, and then on top of that, they have other personality quirks and traits that make them very interesting. Uh, so again, we won't need to go into every detail. Part of the joy of this game is getting to know the characters. We'll probably talk a little bit about some of them more specifically after the spoiler break. But um, the majority of the game is this process of going going and interviewing each and every one of those people and discovering pieces of evidence along the way. Um, and so you can go and talk to any one of these people in almost any order. And uh, obviously, there's certain standard things you can ask them about. You can ask them, like, where were you on the night of the murder and so on. Um, and you can also ask them about any piece of in, uh, of evidence that you've collected. So you can go to any one of the uh, these um, characters, uh, tap on them, and then go to your list of in, you know inventory, basically, and tap on any piece of, uh, of uh, evidence that you've collected, and they'll give their take on it. Sometimes it's just, I don't know what that is. And other times it'll break them into a, a whole story that they'll tell you. Yeah. Or you can also ask them about other people. And, and I will say that at first, the first couple of times I interviewed someone, I didn't see that there were tabs for more questions. I just was asking the first four or the first three moving on. Um, so just, just know that there are tabs and you can ask anyone about anyone else you've met and about any, any clue you've seen on the map. And it will check it off if you've asked already which is helpful. Yeah, it has actually what I think is a pretty good interface for this sort of thing. So, um, you know, every character has standard things that you can ask them about, and it keeps those in a very obvious place where you can go and, and do that for each each character as you meet them. Um, each one has a kind of a suspicion uh, dialogue element that is locked until you discover certain information about them. Um, so you know it's there, but you kind of don't know exactly what you need to do in order to unlock the you know potential, I have a theory about this person having done something wrong. And a little quibble about that. So if you're used to other games that are much more on the mystery side, that are a little bit more about jumping to conclusions um, and testing out theories, uh, this game has some pretty heavy guardrails on it. It mm -hmm. will not let you put together any clues until it 
knows you have all of the evidence you need for the whole sequence. So each time you um, bring a suspicion up, there'll be a, a couple rounds where you you have a suspicion, you talk to the person, they'll ask you a question, you respond, then there's a second question to respond. And until you have all of the clues and all of the information for every segment, it won't let you accuse anyone. So there are going to be times when you have, you know exactly what you want to talk to someone about and you cannot initiate until the game lets you. Just know that up front. Yeah, it is definitely, guardrails is a good way of putting it. There's um, uh, there's a lot of things that this game does to keep the momentum moving forward. Even And I appreciate that for the most part. I think something that really bothers me in mystery-based games is that I'll occasionally get to a point where I, you know, I missed a, 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 a missed a clue or I missed some other option or just my brain isn't connecting point A to point B. And then uh, essentially my, my only option is either to like sit there torturing myself until I figure it out or look something up or what have you. And for me, that kind of like show stopping is really... Uh, it can really kill my interest in a game. Um, this game does a few things to prevent you from hitting that, but um, for some folks, it might feel like it's kind of putting up too much of the like bumpers in your bowling alley kind of situation. So a few examples of that. On the map screen where you can decide what uh, what room to go to next, there's a question mark icon that you can tap on and it will always give you an idea of what to do next, which I really appreciated. I didn't think that was too overly uh, handholdy, but you know, it, it'll do things like tell you we should go and explore the garden again, or we should go talk to, to, um, uh, oh, to a, a character name. Yeah. I, yeah, I, I, I found on, it really helpful. For the, for a moment. So there was a point where I had clearly gathered um, all but like three items in the game and I interviewed everybody about everything and I didn't know because I didn't realize that the inventory screen is sized just so that if you fill it up, <laughs> like you will fill up the entire screen. I hadn't realized that. Mm-hmm. I found that hint button, hit it and they were like, oh, you didn't find a um, a locked box somewhere. Um, They don't say it that specifically. They just say, go look in this room. Um, There's no shame in that. That that to me feels like a Grim Fandango hit. Yeah, no, that's fine. Hey, go look by the ladder. Yeah, and Um, there are other other places where it felt like a little bit too much like the guardrails were up, if that makes sense. Like um, mm -hmm. the, uh, uh, a, a big part of this is the, getting to those suspicion moments with characters. You know, once you collect enough clues, that brings up some suspicion that someone has done something nefarious. So I'm going to come up with a completely fictitious version of this. Um, Let's say that a character had a gun in their room um, and we discover that and uh, maybe connect it with some other piece of information elsewhere um, maybe there, someone tells us that there was a scent of gunpowder in the air in a particular room or something like that. We're connecting clue A with clue B to place that character in a, in a suspicious place. And that would, uh, that would unlock a suspicion dialogue option with that character. So there's a few things that happen with those. Uh, one is that it, it unlocks those when you've discovered the clues, not when it's necessary, not when you as the player have necessarily figured anything out. It's when you have, again, the clues for every part of it. So you actually right. might have everything to thing, but like if the person's like, oh, let's say the, the in this gunpowder thing, the person's like, no, I was using my terrarium at the time and you were supposed to have like a plant. Like that would be 
you wouldn't know you need a plant to solve that clue, but the game would. And it wouldn't let you solve the gun until you had the plant. Right. And you can go and ask them about the gun and maybe that leads you in the right direction. But it's it's a bit of a, um, it's sort of waiting for you to assemble a bunch of clues. And sometimes it'll be like something that it, it would feel almost like it came out of nowhere. Like I'd be down in the, the basement and I'd, you know, tap on something and it wouldn't even necessarily be like a, I got a new clue sort of thing. I was never even sure whether this was potentially like a bug issue, but like there was one point where I was just randomly looking around somewhere, maybe uh, out by the boat or something, I forget. And suddenly mm-hmm. I got three new suspicion options and I had no idea why. Um, so like suddenly I was like, hmm, the, the uh, detective grimoire suddenly would say, hmm, that seems suspicious. And then it would give me an option to go talk to a character. And it's like three of those came in all at once based on I'm not totally sure what. So the the aspect of like figuring those out and unlocking those suspicion options was a little unclear. It basically seems to be like some kind of flag based on when you collect what sorts of clues. Um, it's not really something where you feel like you figured anything out when you unlock those. It's just I happen to have found the thing. There's only one thing that you cannot, that you can see and not solve. And they tell you, you cannot solve this. Mm, Yeah. Um, Everything else, if you see it, you should be able to solve it immediately. Yeah. So that said, altogether, I I felt like the the act of solving the mystery, the walking around, talking to characters, trying to cross-reference clues or things that people had said uh, against things that other people had said um, was pretty smooth and I had a pretty enjoyable time with it. But I could definitely see where if you are if you are coming at this from a sort of puzzle hound perspective, it would maybe feel a little bit light. Again, I I, I was at the beginning and I think I had just had to let it go a bit because I, I, it is very enjoyable. It is very, very enjoyable on its own. You just have to know like it is not the... It is not um, Professor Layton where there's 100 puzzles or like 300 puzzles in the game. There's probably more like 10 to 15 like actual puzzles Mm -hmm. to solve. And then the mystery is only when you have a suspicion. Like there's there's plenty of those. But again, the guardrails are up. You can't make a wrong accusation. The game will will say, hmm, that's not right. Yeah. And Um, even the moments where like you are then – laying out your accusation um it'll you know you say oh i I want to accuse you of something or something to that effect and then it goes into an interface where you have to say you know here's here's uh i'm going to choose two of my clues and connect them together spinners yeah little spinners that say you know uh the the club was in the observatory and that means that it couldn't be the murder weapon or something like that um you're choosing the club and the observatory and spinning little dials to kind of connect those with various different statements. And those sequences, they will absolutely essentially guide you to the right thing. Like, you know, it'll, if you try it a few times and you're not getting it right, it'll say, Hmm, one of those things is wrong. Or it'll even, if you want highlight, which one of those things is wrong. And then it's just multiple choice. You can try every option if you want. So it's definitely like, not going to let you get stuck, not in a real way, um, which is for me very much a plus. I I appreciated that the game gave me the feeling of solving the mystery, even though it was at every turn doing its best to kind of guide me in the right direction. Yeah. And this is not like an Obra Den need a piece of paper type solving either. You can do this in bursts and go away and come back. The game has a built-in memory. So it's not like you ever have to use your own memory to solve things. Mm-hmm. When you go pick a clue, all the clues are there. You can look at the clues. It's not going to force you to 
remember a piece of dialogue from two hours ago ever. I It's not Agatha Christie. <laughs> no, it's definitely not Agatha Christie. And it um and also more to that point, it's it, it I don't want to we'll talk about the ending once we get into the spoiler section, but the overall structure of the mystery uh feels very sort of front heavy. So you're doing yes. a lot of of uh sort of sleuthing work in the first two thirds of the game. Um that- Did you have the issue where you're so they have chapter breaks mm-hmm. and I think I hit the first chapter break extraordinarily late because I hit the first chapter break. They had a title come up and I think I had a new title then like every 15 minutes on the end of the game. Yeah, I don't I don't think that's just you. I think that's just the structure of this game. The, the way the game. Yeah, works. the okay. the first chapter is by far the majority of the game, like easily the, the first two thirds or more of the game is just that first quote unquote chapter. Um, and the chapter breaks are there just to sort of indicate that there's going to be a change in the way that you're playing, sort of. So, um, you know, the, the f- by the end of the first quote-unquote chapter, you've collected every clue, essentially. So the rest of the game, uh, which is actually divided into several smaller chapters, is going to be mostly about kind of putting things together and and sort of unraveling the last little bit of the mystery. And, and uh, everything before that, first chapter break was I thought really, really solid. Um, We're again going to save the actual like mystery details for after the spoiler break. But I would say that the overall mystery felt very front loaded. There was a lot of sleuthing going on at that beginning. And then the last say third of the game, which is where I normally with a mystery kind of expect it to begin connecting dots. It, it, or, you know, you get that feeling of like, ah, everything was laid out before you. If only you had been smart enough as the great, great Poirot is to connect everything. Right. You know, it, it, it doesn't feel like that. The ending of this game is more like, and here's a bunch of new information, almost completely unrelated to the information that you've been piecing together, um, that outlines what happened and what the motive was. Like there's some, some very, very late game discoveries that don't really feel of a piece with the larger mystery and play very directly into the ending in a way that made it feel a little bit cheap. Like I would never have been able to figure this out because this information wasn't available to me. You know what I mean? I, I will give it props though for some of the analysis sections in the the early game being really tidy. So you can get everyone's statement and you kind of see their um, little family mm. circus style head moving around the entire mansion. Oh, I love and when that, you've actually. collected all of those, you can then see all of them overlaid on top of each other with all of the voice actors saying where they were. So you can actually look at everybody comparison in real time. Um, that's just one example of like the, the incredible extra polish they've given. So the analysis sections aren't always just like icon and spinning dials. Sometimes it's you can kind of review sequences. Sometimes you can, you know, almost see like flashback things. It, it's really nicely put together. But again, it, it's doing a lot of that work for you. I, I don't mean to make it um, sound like a negative. It's just kind of an accessibility thing. Like it's not it's just knowing what the game is up front. Like it is a much more accessible thing, especially like this is a clean game. Uh, If you've got kids, they can play this whole game. That's true. Yeah. No problem. And the guardrails will help them. Um, It's not for kids, but there's nothing to stop a kid from loving this game. Yeah. Despite the fact that it begins with a murder, it's not very grisly. Um, The murder is not set up in a way that's like, 
you know, it's not the sort of thing that's going to give a kid nightmares or anything like that. So um, I would definitely agree with you, Laura. This would be, a, I think, a fun game to play with a kid. And I mean, because it's Apple Arcade, you could do that on a Mac. You could do it on your Apple TV, presumably. Um, mm-hmm. You know, good game to to try with a kid if you think that they might want to. And the, the characters are just so vibrant. I could definitely yeah. see uh, like a kid enjoying them. Yeah, and the the I will say though, like the puzzles can are like all little like they're tricky physical puzzles. So you need to pick the right kid. Who, yeah, who will who will be able to like spin discs and have a little patience? Yeah, or help but, them um, with the puzzles. Um, exactly. The, the puzzles were not too bad. Uh, I didn't ever really hit any true stumbling blocks with them, but they were definitely a couple. Like the one that really tripped me up was a late game puzzle where you have these sort of, I guess, like ribbons that you slide. Oh yeah, I got stuck on that one too. Yeah, that had little markers on them and you had to create a path from point A to point B by sliding these little tiles. It was like 1 a.m. and I was very impatient. I I also kept thinking I could change the layering and you can't. You can't, yeah, it was a weird one. That was on me. Yeah, but Um, um, yeah, overall I'd say like, it's a pretty satisfying story, if not necessarily a satisfying mystery, if that makes sense. Oh, yeah. Like, you're going to love the story and the, the characters and the details, and you like investigating them. And if you get into a point where you're stuck and you're just kind of asking random questions, you're still going to be entertained. Yeah. Which, to me, is a hallmark of a good game. It's not like it's going to keep saying, doesn't look like anything to me. <laughs> yeah. And also, just the fact that the, the game is fully voiced and... All of the vocal, all of the voice acting performances were absolutely top notch. Meant that, mm-hmm. in some ways, I kind of played this game like watching a cartoon. I would, you know, tap on something and it would begin some dialogue. And I mean, I set my iPad down and kind of watch uh, while the the scene played out for a minute or two. Um, it, it never really felt like uh, it. It really did sort of feel like watching a good cartoon with quite a bit of interaction, but. You know, not like something where I was had to be prepared for a uh, action at any moment or anything like that. It just sort of felt like a, a good sort of TV or cartoon type experience that I enjoyed quite a lot from a story perspective. So, what should we talk about that isn't a spoiler? I think we we need to get into talking about the the details of the story, maybe some more details about characters. I think it might be okay for us to talk a little bit about favorite characters before we jump into spoiler territory. Yeah, you know, especially we just pick one or two. I really enjoyed getting to know Penny because she's a bird woman Mm. and she is also a fashionista. So uh, the character design has her having these really long draped sleeves that look like bird wings. Um, And she loves, you know, she compliments Sally on her hair, which she should. Sally's hair is fabulous. Um, And she loves birds and she loves fashion and she was just a delight to talk to about everything. Yeah. Her character model is so cute. She's got these, I guess, sleeves that are like very... They're chiffon sleeve. They're called trumpet sleeves. Mm. Um, but the way they do it is they, ex- and they like 30s style extend past her fingers. So they look just like flowy bird wings. It's great. And she wears this hat that looks like a bird as well. It's like, it looks as if there's a bird sleeping on her head and, and her dialogue was really, really funny. I, I loved her too. I think she's probably my one of my favorite characters in the whole thing. Um, I really liked everything with Flora Fellow, even though she wasn't voiced. Just something about mm-hmm. her. Uh, although, of course, she would. <laughs> I, I was going to say my favorite character is Sally. You, you you've figured out my type, and uh, yeah. Sally is the like 
Sally is is a A plus character, but I felt like we'd already talked about her. Mm-hmm. Um, all of the characters, though, are are adorable, except uh, Professor Pointer and also oh, what's his name? Uh, f- not Fritz. Uh, the Felix. 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 Yeah, Felix is. Uh, eh. <laughs> what a jerk. <laughs> Um, but you can't love them all. It is a murder mystery game. It is indeed. The, 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 the women of these families are great. The men of these families are absolute idiots. Um, but they're all just so colorful and interesting. I I don't know. Hard to really talk about too much without getting into spoilers again, but like, they're just really, really, uh, fun characters to spend time with. I, I'm kind of really wishing for a, uh, a spinoff with, uh, say, uh, Poppy and Fifi or something like that. Like they're just so great. Yes. Fifi is so great. She's the, uh, she's the scientist of the bunch and just a, a really odd character. Yeah, clearly depicted to be somewhat autistic. Yeah. Um, or just but maybe they the handle it very well. Like, yeah. But the cartoonish version of it yeah. has a, has a science minded aspect to them that just everything about everything she says is something analytical and scientific. It's um, but she's very, very sweet as well. Like you could see that beneath that, she's really worried about her relationships with her friends. Um, I don't know. I, I, I really, really liked all of the characters. And so that's really what carried me through this. Um, I would absolutely recommend spending some time with it. I, I don't think it'll necessarily be for everybody, but if you get into this and say, get through one or two dialogues with a character, you'll know whether this is your style. And uh, I'm really glad I took the time to get into it. I, I should also mention that I had a couple of false starts with this game. Um, one of them was for totally technical reasons. I started this game and got as far as the, I didn't even get into the tower. I literally got up to that, that, uh, that garden area before mm-hmm. you get to the tower. And I ended up with a, like basically soft locking my game. Um, I don't know exactly what happened, but I thought I just need, hadn't found some clue I needed to progress, but actually something was bugged and I couldn't even leave that area. Um, so, and that happened uh, the first time I played the game and my impression at the time was like, oh, uh, this is just one of those games that's like, I have to find some incredibly intricate clue or do some incredibly intricate thing in order to get out of the garden. Um, I couldn't figure it out. And it turned out it, I was just had, running into some kind of a bug. So that actually completely soured me on the game. I play, I did that with a very, well, this was the, one of the first couple of games I tried when I uh, first got an Apple Arcade subscription. And I put this off of my plate completely at that point, just thinking like, well, something about this game design doesn't make sense to me and I'm just not going to spend any more time on it. Um, so I'm glad that I went back to it because I didn't discover until later that that was what had been going on. I was just, I was just glitched out. I couldn't leave that area based on, I couldn't tap on any other places on the map or something. Anyway, um, if something like that happens to you, I am sorry, but also I think it's probably fixed. This was this was a, an issue I ran into very early. And then again, I, I tried again a little later and didn't quite spend the time and attention it took to get into it. I'd say, you know, at the very least, press on through until you have had some conversations, at least brief conversations with at least, say, five or six of the characters, because it, it, it takes a little bit of time before you kind of fully get a sense of like, who all these people are and what the sort of overall structure of the game is. Um, But yeah, once I'd spent maybe 30 minutes with the game, I was fully into it. Yeah. And once I got into the house and kind of saw it open up and the the way they were doing the interface, I was, I was pretty bought in by that point. Yeah. 
So before we go to spoiler break, uh, thank you so much for listening to The Short Game. If you're hopping off here, uh, our show is on Twitter at underscore short game or on the web at www.theshortgame.net. We're also on Patreon at patreon.com slash the short game, which is the best way to support the show. Uh, and it's also the way to join our Discord where we talk about the games that we are covering on the show as we play them. And we very much appreciate all of our wonderful patrons. Uh, a few shout outs. Uh, we're trying to do more of this. Uh, Lee Nash, thank you for supporting the show. Bro. <laughs> yes. <laughs> guess who's uh, guess whose brother Lee Nash is. Uh, Lou, uh, no last name given. Thank you so much, Lou. And Matt Cromarty, uh, thank you so much for your support on Patreon. Uh, and also thank you specifically to the folks on our Discord who uh, essentially reminded me that this game was on my uh, on my to playlist many times over the last several months. And I really appreciate you doing that. And specifically the people that that uh, tapped me on the shoulder the most for this one are Jeremiah and 8-Bit Red Mage. Apologies, 8-Bit Red Mage. I, I don't have your uh, your real name in front of me, so you'll have to go by your Discord nom de plume. Yeah, and some of that was on me because, again, I thought it was going to be real intellectual exercise, and I didn't realize it was going to be uh, as light and fun as it was. And fun, really, really fun story. Uh, so definitely enjoyed that. Uh, we are about to get into a spoiler break where we are going to talk all about the ending, um, the ups and downs of the story, some specifics of the characters and their motivations. And so that is stuff to hop off if you are intending to play this game. But if you're sticking with us, I'm Reagan Kelly. You can find me on Twitter at Reagan K. That's R-A-Y-G-A-N-K. Laura, where can people find you? You can find me on Twitter at Laura J. Nash. And here is your spoiler break. At the beginning of the recording, I said there was one puzzle that you can't solve. Uh, that is a frog statue holding a harp. And once you can unlock that frog statue holding a harp, you get to go into a new basement and sub-basement section where you actually figure out what's going on. And it is cryptids, but it's not cryptids, it's mystids. <laughs> Yes. Uh, so this whole thing, like, it's not like this game was realistic, right? This game was always playing in this cartoonish heightened world uh, where everything was kind of silly and over the top. But the whole yeah, ending... And, and also, you have to admit, every time you looked at anything natural, the soil was blue and the lake was weird. And like, clearly there's weird stuff going on here. Right. I kind of expected that. Um, but I will say that like this caught me off guard with the level of like... It, it, this was not a closed room mystery. There was something weird outside the room, and guess what? It's fish monsters, uh, and it, it's it. it just, don't get excited. The fish monsters don't show up in the game. No, that's the other weird, weird thing about it. The the backstory of this whole house. So, okay, I'm going to lay out the ending as I understood it, and you tell me if I missed anything because there are some gaps sure. in my understanding of what is supposed to have actually happened here that I found really confusing when we got towards the end. Um, so. So first of all, the backstory is that this house, Tangle Tower, was previously called Misted Manor, and it was placed here by people who are call, who called themselves um, the uh, ambassadors of Misted Manor and were a sort of a team that was investigating Misteds, which was creepy critters that were, were created by the weird properties of this lake. Um, Mutations. Right. Yeah. And... We never actually see those, although we see some like statues of fishmen and stuff. So I presume fishmen are among the mistids. Um, 
We see drawings. We see sculptures. Yeah, yeah. There's like the weird three-clawed crabs and there's a few other stuff. Um, but it's mostly those things' existence is implied rather than shown. And the idea is that that happened at one point in the past. And those people all lived here together in misted manner, um, had family. Mansion. Excuse me, mansion. And then had mm-hmm. families here and then disappeared. Yes, and it is implied that some of the Mistids escaped the island and they have to go hunt them down or otherwise track them from getting out. Um, that that was why they left. Yes. So our uh, our murderer was uh, Poppy. Or not, sorry, Poppy is it? It's Penny. Penny, I mix those names mm-hmm. up constantly. Uh, Penny Pointer. And the bird woman. Yeah. And I mean, she's great. And I really liked that there, she had a dark side to her that got revealed. That was great stuff, but I found her motivations extremely confusing. So maybe I'm missing something. I'll lay them out as I understood them. And you tell me what I missed. Um, She is, she, her family, I forget whether it was like her dad or who was one of those people that was, uh, that left the manor uh, or mansion in order to go and hunt Mistids and never returned. She didn't know. She wasn't told where they had gone, um, and she resented this and grew to want to leave the mansion. Eventually, she found when she was like nineteen. She found the hidden rooms and the hidden sub basement beneath the mansion. Learned the hidden study. Yeah, yeah, the hidden study and the basements, and discovered the history and discovered that her parents or parent i don't remember exactly who her mother yeah um had left in order to go hunt down these mistids uh, leaving her behind and she had the feeling that if only she could go out and find these people that had left the ambassadors of misted mansion uh then she would somehow be able to like move on with her life that what was missing for her was this family that had dispersed to go hunt down cryptids and then she goes and hunts them down And that wasn't satisfying to her. And it's kind of implied. Maybe I made this up, but it seemed kind of implied that like she had killed those people. She definitely did kill all of them. Okay, what you say definitely, what did I miss there? Because it seemed kind of vague to me. Um, I think the, I think Detective Grimard does say something about you killed them. Uh, And she, or at least in my playthrough, she did. I, I don't know. I, I don't actually think this is branching dialogue. Mm, yeah, um, I don't know. A, I, I feel like it, I mean, the game does a, um, it, it's very PG. And so like, it never really goes into, and then I tracked them down one by one and I slit their throats no, with my no. machete or anything like that. So maybe it's just, there's an element of it that it's like, it's left a little bit purposely vague because of PG-ness. Yeah, but but he does say something specifically that's like, um, you didn't let them go or something like that. Yeah. Like, or they're not still out there, or something like that. Yeah. Um, so but they do close. It does that. seem they, it does seem pretty pretty heavily implied, if at the very least. Um, and so anyway, um, then she comes back to the manor for some reason that was unclear to me, and she uh, is feels that she can't leave because she's trapped there. I don't know whether she's feeling trapped because of her um, her uh, fiance, who's the gardener and doesn't want to leave or trapped by her own sort of feelings about the place. And then she decides to kill um, Freya because Freya is planning on leaving and she feels jealous or something like that. Yeah. So it is a little bit hazy. Um, 
so the thing she goes out the imba- she is feeling alone and no family she finds the lab she finds out they're going for mystics and she's like ah this is what's missing from my family is like this mission of like getting back to our misted roots and all the people who care about this have left and uh once i get to leave um i'll join them on their mission and i my life will have a purpose and there'll be a reason and then she goes out and all of them were um, she says, as fractured as people who lived here. So they're all messed up and they've kind of lost the path about mistids. Like the family purpose has kind of gotten lost, which is why she kills them and then she has to come back. She basically has no reason to be out. Mm-hmm. So she comes home um, and then her um, her dad, or uncle, sorry, her uncle, the astronomer, he, she realizes he's not actually an astronomer. He's just into finding this golden beetle Um, One of the Mistids steals it um, and she's doing all this work on like this beetle and trying to like presumably recover the uh, chemicals that make Mistids from the beetle because he's 90% gold and 10% something else. Uh, So she's doing all this work to kind of recommit to the family mission and then she finds out that Freya is going to leave. And so she is like finally getting the family mission back together and someone she crowned on was going to leave and she murders her. I think that's that, it's still it is still really weak sauce. It's, yeah, it's really. I, I agree. No, it, th- thank you. That, that's, that's better laid out than I could have done. I, I still feel like that's the and yeah, like, I think we're on the same page in that like this feels very. um, Well, but her motivation is like family mission. Mm hmm. And she sees anyone leaving. She is both trapped and sees anyone leaving as getting out of the family mission. Yeah. I, 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 I just, I do sort of wish this was more satisfying. You know, the, the rest of the game, I felt like, you know, the, so the, the like central mystery. So there, there is another thing that could be happening, but it's not spelled out. It's totally headcanon, but it could be that like they do imply that Freya has been, has found some of the secrets of the mansion and is leaving and that she's going to expose those secrets. I could see that too. When she leaves. Um, because they do say that she's found all that stuff and she's leaving. So, and she draws everything. Like, <laughs> Freya can't keep secrets. She just paints everything she sees. So the chance of her going out and painting Mistids are probably pretty high, let's be real. So that that's kind of, it, it's not text, which is weird, but it seems like she killed Freya because Freya could leave and tell the world about Mistids. I again weak like that's not in the book. But I think that would have been a, that would have been a stronger story. I think actually, like it, I found the whole thing sort of confusing, and uh, most of her motivations were sort of like not concrete. Like it seemed like uh, jealousy about someone be feeling freer to leave than she does, or something like that. Not so much about yeah. like the the like concrete like jealousy is a good motivation it's a it's a thing like this but jealousy over someone else just sort of having a better outlook on the world or something it doesn't really quite I, feel like a mystery like, solution you know what i mean it would have been really easy for the game to say hey that secret lab has a uh, picture of all of the ambassadors with their eyes crossed out mm-hmm. so it could have been that freya figured out penelope killed all the ambassadors like that would have been a reason to kill her. right absolutely would have totally made sense it just sort of it, the whole thing sort of felt a little bit like loosely connected and poorly uh poorly plotted towards the end 
what's weird about it is that I really, I really did like the actual solution to the murder. You know, the the like, okay, she yes. was killed with a uh, crossbow through the ceiling, and the the hints and clues about that were mostly pretty satisfying. Things like, well, she's standing mm-hmm. too close to the to the uh, the painting for her to have fallen. It, uh, she would have had to have been stabbed either through the painting or, you know, the, the angles were weird. And the, the solution of... She was shot a 90 degree angle, all yeah. kinds of stuff. So the idea that she like fell down first and then was shot from above through the ceiling, uh, it's a little goofy, but like a lot of murder mystery stuff is. And I thought that was actually a pretty satisfying thing. And the clues that led up to that were interesting, you know, finding stuff in oh, the great. attic. So all of that worked And the, for the me. twist that... We haven't even mentioned the twist that there's a detective on the island and that Penny. Yeah, another was, competing detective. It was, they're voiced by the same voice actress, but you wouldn't know it. And that they, it t- turns out she's been hiding in disguise as detective so that like there's this extra layer on top. Like all of that was great. Mm-hmm. Can I give my, um, the thing I had a breakdown last night on uh, Discord about? Oh, yeah, yeah, please do. Um, so. I've never been more pettily angry uh, at a mystery game than this. And that is that if you've played any bar games, it's called Spot the Difference. And they have a painting that is the murder painting. And the painting has um, its uh, flora. And she's holding this, uh, which we find out is a feather um, with blood on it. And she's in front of a window with two plants. And one is painted and one is not. And you look at the window behind there, and there was one plant on that windowsill. Mm-hmm. And if you click where on the painting and the sketch part, they just keep saying, it's a painting, it's a painting. And if you click on the empty pot spot where that plant is, it just says, it's a window, it's a window, it's a window. Mm-hmm. And the whole game. And at the very end of the game, you go up to the crime scene again, and they're like, there's something we were too dumb to recognize before. <laughs> and then, like, so you get you click on the painting and you click on the window and they're like, no, if if only we could figure out this thing. And I was like, it's the, and then you eventually get into the spinner and it goes through and they're like, I never realized there was something else in the windowsill. And I was like, bitch, that was the first thing I saw in this whole game. I know. It Don't feels like it should have at least end. allowed you to like say, oh yeah, it does look like there's, you know, if you if you discover that early on, it should at least acknowledge that and say, well, we don't know why that is or where that second plant went. And just, you know, you don't find that out until later. Me. That's fine. Or at least be like, huh, that's weird. Like we can't find that plant. Mm-hmm. Or like, huh, it's funny. It's missing. Like that felt like it should have been a mystery. Mm-hmm. <laughs> but the it's such an obvious, cl- it's like the clearest thing to me in the whole game is that that plant that you know you think mm-hmm. there's a second plant missing why not make that a red herring it, yeah it turns out to be a bird but like make us think it's a plant and then tell us it's a bird and that like there was never a missing plant like that just felt like such more elegant solution yeah i also am mad there are a bunch of diagrams that don't seem to do anything <laughs> mm. like which um i think they're linked to the lab so you can go into if you look at everyone's chalkboards uh, there's one in the greenhouse, which is a bunch of uh, Greek letters on it. And there's oh, one yeah, that's in, a total red hair. There's a chalkboard in um, Fifi's room that has a ton of uh, alchemical symbols. And some of it kind of ties into what's in the library diagram, but not. And there doesn't seem to be any puzzle there. And I did actually look right before this. I was like, red herrings, like diagrams. And it's just a bunch of people being like, this doesn't add up to anything. Is it for the next game? 
Like no one's. Yeah, it's it, in a game like this. If you, if it, if when you click on something, it gives you a zoomed in view. That sort of implies something, right? Like it, it means like, hey, this is something you need to look at closely. Um, you know, you, there's a lot of stuff in this game that you can that you can click on that doesn't give you any kind of zoomed in view. They'll comment on it, and say, oh yes, I see it, um, but they won't zoom in on it and show you a separate view. The I-, I mean, it doesn't save it anywhere, which to me means it's a secret. Like. This is from someone who, like, bothered to translate the whole alphabet in Fez. Like, what? don't give a me something masochist. I can't. <laughs> right. Don't give me something that doesn't seem to mean anything. Like, again, maybe I'm wrong and there is a secret thing and no one's figured it out yet. Um, I wouldn't have cheated and looked it up. But I, I, it was, I just wanted to be like, is does this add up to something? And everyone seems to say no. And that's disappointing. Don't, don't put them a secret hidden Easter egg if it doesn't seem to mean anything. Yeah. Uh, overall, I, I think that the the last Those act tiny is, gripes. Yeah, no, there, there's <laughs> a, the, the gripes do add up to something. I, I will say I don't think I felt like the um, the whole thing was particularly, I don't feel, feel like the mystery was very satisfying at the end. Yeah. I did actually feel pretty satisfied by the conclusion to the story. You know, that, that final scene on the beach when, uh, you know, you're talking to the characters and they're talking about sort of moving on with their lives. I would have liked mm-hmm. more of that. I, I was still invested in the characters, even though the the mystery itself felt a little bit like it fell flat to me at the end. I waited through the credits while the Beatle walked around because I thought maybe it would be like a, a final picture of all the residents going on on their lives. Like, I, I thought there was going to be some kind of... I really would have liked to have had uh, like a an American graffiti style ending, like you know, yeah. what what happened to Penny and to Fifi and everybody after they left Tangle Tower because it did seem like everyone was sort of preparing to leave the island at the end of the mm-hmm. game. Thank God that place is a nightmare. Um, but like, I would love to see more about what happened to them afterwards, even if it was just a brief mention, because I feel like those characters are so full of life, and I just I would love to see that like okay, where are they going? I hope they're okay. That's it. I did appreciate that when you finish, you unlock an art gallery. Yeah. I, I did like that. Yeah, actually, that's a really, really good art gallery, too. It's full of really good illustrations that show sort of like the design process. That was great stuff. So um, overall, totally recommend this game. I would absolutely recommend checking it out on Apple Arcade if you have any devices that can play those games. And if not, it's also on Steam and Itch. Um, so check it out. Mm-hmm. So Again, if you've listened past the spoiler break here, uh, thank you very much for joining us. uh, And uh, thank you for listening to the short game. Uh, If you have any suggestions, games that you think we should be playing or anything like that, you can hit us up on our patron-only Discord, or you can hit us up on Twitter at uh, underscore short game. Uh, Or, of course, website www.theshortgame.net. And uh, we'd love to hear from you in any of those spots. Uh, So thanks very much. Thank you. Bye.